Grew up in a little house of eight kids. Nobody prepared me for how life is. But I learned a lot of prayers. Dad thought God was all there was. And we knew when we broke his heart, we'd quickly be the wayward members of the bad, bad family. Bad family. Bad family, a podcast about black sheep, bad kids, bad family. Let's get started. Hey, Coco. Hey, Lincoln. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Lindsay's coming. Oh, yeah. I saw her text. But she's not here yet. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, had a good morning so far. I woke up early, um, cleaned up a bit, and exercised. So, good Sunday. Good for you. What did you do to clean up? Um, Just, like, dishes, and we took out the garbage, and um, I, like, wiped down the kitchen table. Perfect. I always feel like it's so much easier to function when things are clean. Yeah, me too. Um, I did not exercise today, but I did yesterday and the day before. I actually biked 25 miles on Friday. Oh, my gosh. And... Um... <laughs> that's much more than i've exercised today even <laughs> it was way past the limits of my physical fitness i um have biked that much before but not any time recently yeah and it was it was painful <laughs> it was painful for a good cause but it was painful i um went on this this was a short pause in recording where i got a phone call row. I was getting a phone call. Could you hear me? Uh, you you went out for a second. Hey, Lindsay. Hello, E. How's it Hi, going? Hi, Lindsay. It's going fine. How are I, you? I'm good. I was telling Lincoln that I went on a bike ride on Friday. I actually had off for Juneteenth. And so I went on a freedom ride with a local bike company called good co bike company and we met up and went on this bike ride and i did not read the details closely because we biked all the way to coney island and back (laughs) whoa how long is that um i don't know how far it was from where we met up which was at the brooklyn museum but from where i live and back it was about 25 miles Whoa! And I was at the absolute limit of my fitness. (laughs) I'm impressed. On the way back, I had to rest several times. I mean, I didn't stop in the group. It was like a bike protest, which was lovely. So people were chanting and had signs. And I was so out of breath. I had no breath to chant. I was just like (laughs) nodding and keeping my head down. I was the absolute last by the end i was the absolute last person in the bike ride before the police which were escorting the <laughs> what richmond uh, district seminar in the senior year what'd you say you did, when i did richmond history as my seminar senior year did you do that uh you either had to have a mentorship or a seminar class senior year of uh governor school I don't remember what I did. I wish I had done Richmond history. Wasn't that Mr. Didn't you do What'd you say? I said, didn't you do historiography? 
Yes, I did. I didn't remember that that was a senior seminar. I thought that was maybe a different elective. No, I think it was a seminar. I think. But yeah, no, I had a, I did Richmond history with Mr. Slipic. And we did a night bike. Like that was one of our big class projects as we organized night bike within the community. And I was the very tail end. Every time we stopped to like do a presentation, I was at the end right before the police. Yeah, it was so exhausting. Like at first I was so enthused. It was so lovely. It felt so great to be active and part of a group doing something for such a good cause, you know, bringing attention to Juneteenth and to the growing movement for civil rights and justice. But what I didn't realize is that I think it was a causing me to expend much more effort than everyone else because I have a fixed gear bike and because we were going so slow because of how many bikers there were I would Mm. think I was just constantly having to use my leg muscles to maintain a very very slow pace and also when other people were coasting downhill I wasn't because I was using my leg muscles to like break myself yeah. To not run into other folks. And while I love having a fixie for like ultimate control, it exhausted me. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I just kept texting Matt that I have never felt so tired in my life. I was actually worried I wasn't going to be able to make it home. I had to stop several times on the way home, like after the group had gotten back to our stopping point, And I just had to bike the extra 30 minutes home. I had to stop multiple times. I felt like I was falling asleep on my bike. I was so <laughs> tired. <laughs> yeah, that's more than I can do right now. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. It was sore. My butt hurt. Not after, like, honestly, I haven't even been going on my long walks recently. Because I've been scared to do it. Oh, for Corona, you mean? Yeah. Well, I've been going... Prior to, like, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I was going on a long walk, like, every other day, if not more. Um, like, five miles a day. That's wonderful. Uh, but I stopped doing that because, par- I think partly because the city opened back up, and also we were under curfew. Really, I stopped doing it because of the curfew. And then I never picked it back up. I honestly think that you would be fine now. Obviously, I'm not a medical professional, but I think as long as you could stay away from other people and wear a mask, that yeah. you are very, it would be unlikely to get spread outside wearing a mask away from folks. Yeah, no. I mean, and I have been to protests since. It just makes me more, especially now that the city is technically open, which is stupid. <laughs> and a bad idea i'm just like i don't want to come close to anybody i don't want to deal with that yeah i get that i get that for sure um well i'm actually before we get started i wanted to tell you guys that i'm wearing this t-shirt that i got in the mail today (laughs) oh i think i know what it is a surprise t-shirt it is yeah, that Lauren sent me, and it has um, a print on it that is Ucrop's Rainbow Cookies. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, nice. I'm glad she bought. She asked me if I would wear it. She was like, "Do you think 
you would wear this? I think I'm going to get it for Courtney. And I was like, I definitely would. I think you should get it. Oh, I love it. It's hilarious. I don't know if I would wear the shirt, but I would definitely love some cookies right now. Oh, well, apparently she sent me cookies as part of it, but the cookies didn't arrive. So I guess the shipping was separate. Must have been. So hopefully the cookies come soon, but it is... You can wear the shirt, Lincoln? Well, I'd probably wear the shirt, but, like, if I had to pick between the two, I'd want the real cookies. Oh, sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying the the shirt was an add-on. All right. I thought it was so thoughtful and hilarious. Also, it's not t-shirt fabric. It's like workout oh. or like biking wick. Oh, lift fabric. <laughs> Under Armour. <laughs> it is kind of like Under Armour. So I'm wearing it right now on top of a tank top. It is, it's just making me laugh. That's so thoughtful. I guess shame on me because I think she thought of it because when Lauren recently sent cookies to mom. I said, I didn't get any Ucrups cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whoops. But I appreciate you. What else did you do for your birthday? Um, I sat out in the park on... It was last weekend. So I took my birthday off, which I can't remember. I think my birthday was Monday. So on Saturday, I sat in the park uh, with my friend Jane and a couple of friends from the neighborhood. Um, and we just did like a socially distant park brunch uh, where we just sat and said hello, which honestly was so lovely because yeah, that was lovely. it's been a really long time since I have seen other adult human friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like I had been feeling so out of it, and I don't even think I realized how how out of it I was. But anyway, that was lovely. And then on Sunday, I relaxed. Um, it's awful that I'm not even remembering, even though this was just last weekend. Uh, oh, on Sunday, I went. that's when I went to my friend Emily's. I biked to her house, and, and she has like a outdoor patio in Chelsea and so I also sat outside with her socially distanced and she grilled me a burger it was awesome and then and then on Monday we relaxed Matt and I just inside I was a little bit sunburned in my left armpit only (laughs) I guess that's where I missed the sunblock and then we just hung out. Nice. It was really, really nice. Uh, and quiet, but nice. Well, I guess let's go ahead and get started for our Tell Us Apart segment today. I thought it would be fun to talk um, about money again, specifically, how do you spend your money? Mm. Good. I mean, it's different now. The way I'm spending money in quarantine is not the same as I usually would. Well, tell me more. Um, I would eat... Oh, well, I don't know. Nina and I get delivery on Friday. We do Friday treat days. So we get... We order dinner on Fridays. But then sometimes also 
Wednesday is Friday and Saturday is Friday. <laughs> uh, sometimes there's a couple of Fridays. Um, and usually, I think, you know, before quarantine, we would go to the movies a lot. Or I would go with my friends a lot and go eat at restaurants a lot. But that has sort of turned into just t- treat day. Ordering delivery. Yeah, I order takeout a lot now. Um, probably a lot of my money that um, I could probably cut back on would be a lot of my expenses that I could cut back on would be like takeout, um, video games, or like streaming services like Hulu and um, Netflix. Yeah, I feel like with streaming services, though, I mean, obviously, if you don't have the money, you shouldn't spend it on that. But if you do have the money, I feel like it's a relatively small proportion of income for the potential to save yourself more money by not doing anything else. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Although that's different in these quarantine times. But I feel like during quarantine, the worst thing you could do for yourself is cut your streaming service. That's a fair point. But um, I'm similar. I feel like we spend the most money. I don't know why I said we. Actually, Matt and I have totally separate incomes. Uh, we don't spend our money together at all. <laughs> Unless one of us buys something for both of us. But I spend my money primarily, I feel like, on food and on alcohol. Like getting wine delivery from our wine store next door. And before quarantine... I spent a fair amount of money on travel. I would spend maybe $3,000 a year on travel. Damn. That's awesome. Where's the last place you went? Um, I went to New Orleans in February right before coronavirus shut down. Cool. And then I would travel a lot for work, but that wasn't my personal expense. That was work expense, but it still caused me to travel a lot. But other than that, I don't, I'm not a huge shopper. I mean, obviously I spend money on like home things, like paper products and like cat food and stuff like that. But I'm not (laughs) a a regular like fast fashion shopper or anything, but I do shop. But when I shop, I shop. So like Mm. I won't spend any money for like six or eight months and then i'll spend like four to six hundred dollars on clothes for work or like clothes that i need or something like that i like to buy fancy whiskey i can also go down that rabbit hole pretty easily i did not know that what fancy whiskeys do you do you drink um i have been getting into scotch and japanese whiskey so i have some kickery um whiskey right now that is really 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 good um i have some lafroig and some glenfiddich <laughs> what i don't think you pronounce the g lafroig do you pronounce the g let me look it up i think it's just like lafroig um, I never say that word aloud because I know that I'm getting it wrong. Because in my head, I always say Lafferwig. 
<laughs> no, now you got me. Uh, I think the GH is not seconds. What? No, I'm totally around. Lafroig. It's Lafroig. Wow. Yeah, another tricky Scotch name from Isla is Lafroig, pronounced Lafroig. All right, you go, Lincoln. You show her. You go, <laughs> me. Don't step to me on my whiskey. Um, a tricky one. Have do any of you guys drink Fernet? Um, I've had it before, but I don't drink it too often. Is that a type of whiskey? No, it's like um no. um aperitif. Wait, what did what did you say? Fernet. Fernet. Oh no. Well, I, that's a tricky one because it looks like it should be Fernet. But it's not. That's the one that tastes like black. It's fernet. But... It, it has a oh, little right. bit of like a star anise taste, but it's red, like a red yeah. color. It's like a. I, I can't remember if it's not an aperitif. It's that other word that sounds like that, but it's like something you would sip after dinner, maybe. Digestive. Like digestive. But anyway, names are tricky, um. so I avoid saying them out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, avoidance like any educated (laughs) no thank you for teaching me I just even I just can't remember because I'll have the way that something goes in my head and it's hard to reform so I'll know that it's wrong in my brain but I won't be able to remember the correct pronunciation it's like Hermione Mm -hmm from harry potter for like reading the first five books in my brain i called her hermione oh <laughs> hermione i was like hermione that's not a very beautiful name but I'm- she doesn't sound cute <laughs> hermione hermione uh, what's nina and i were talking about this yesterday aside from like actually none of none of us own a car but i said well hmm Aside from, like, your phone or mode of transport, what is the most valuable thing you own? Oh, well, I actually just bought a laptop. So that's the most valuable thing that I own. Um, At 35 years old, I've never owned a laptop. And I used my credit card points to buy it, so it felt like a real splurge. I love laptops. But can you, isn't that crazy? I've never in my life owned a laptop. In college, I used the computer. Well, in college, I didn't even have a desktop. I used the computer lab in the school computer lab. If that ages me, like most people didn't have, I don't know, I'm not even sure laptops were a thing. Maybe they were. That is kind of wild. I wrote every single paper in the university computer lab, which was like hundreds of computers that people were always in there typing on. And then as an adult, either I had a desktop when I was married to Gwen, or I just didn't have a computer and used my phone, or I now have like a work laptop. So it's not my laptop, Um, it's just like a work laptop that the company allows me to possess while I work for them. Yeah. I used to have a personal laptop um, when I moved to California, but it broke. So now I use my work laptop, but I feel like I have always had a laptop since I don't high know, school. Yeah. You've had that Dell. 
Well, Dad bought a laptop for himself, and then I sort of stole it from him. <laughs> um, yeah. And he used the computer that's, in the living room. That's funny. On Father's Day, since today is Father's Day, let me also interject to say, um, to mention something I stole from Dad, which was his office. <laughs> When I was a teenager, I didn't. I wanted yeah. my own bedroom. There just was no room in our little house, so I just moved my bed into Dad's office, and it became joint my bedroom and Dad's office. <laughs> hmm. Did Dad use that office more than anyone else? Though? Almost never. Yeah, almost I... never. But it was Dad's office. <laughs> I always just called it the office. Yeah. Me too. That's funny, though. I remember that. Uh, um, Coco, I want to break for one quick second. Not to, like, leave the podcast, but just go on a tangent. Sure. Um, something I want to talk to you uh, on the subject of money is I need help finding a better savings account because my savings account right now is trash like the interest rate is so low that i don't make any money off of the things i say what's your interest rate uh i don't remember but i looked at like how much interest i have accrued on my money this year and it was like 19 cents but is it through a traditional bank or is it a high yield savings account it's through wells fargo but it's not a high yield savings oh yeah you're not gonna ever make a good savings rate on a savings account from a traditional bank so you need to get a high yield savings account. Um, I use one called My Savings Direct, um, mm-hmm. but there are a ton of good ones. There's like Ally Bank. I think American Express actually has one. Um, but all you have to do is Google high yield savings account um, and find one that fits your needs. Um, interest rates are lower right now because the economy is in recession and so interest rates have gone down. But they're still mm-hmm. better. I think the average for a high yield savings account right now is like 0.85. Whereas mm-hmm. when the economy is better, it can get as high as 2% or more. Mm-hmm. And with a traditional bank, your savings rate is much less. It might be like 0.01%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're not going to get rich from having a high yield savings account, but you will make a little bit more money than with a traditional savings account. So for example, you might admit, depending on how much money you have in your high yield savings account, you might make $12 a year versus 12 cents a year. Yeah, I'd like to earn something at least. But a high yield savings account is where you should put your, definitely where you should put your emergency savings and where you should put any money that you will need in the immediate future like in the next five years because it is liquid and accessible but also the great thing about high yield savings accounts is many of them are online banks which have very low overhead which allows them to give you a better interest rate but because they're online banks um, many of them there's a little bit of a barrier to entry to get your money which is a good thing meaning when you put money in It takes a couple of days to transfer to your high yield savings account. And this is the really good thing. When you take money out, it takes a couple of days to transfer from your high yield savings account. So you can't just immediately blow your money on a whim. It would take you like two or three days 
to get your money from your savings account, which is really positive so that you're not spending your emergency savings on non-emergencies. Yeah, or treating it like a checking account. Yeah. But there's a lot of good ones. Um, If you want to look up a list, there's tons of comparisons. All you need to do is find a high-yield savings account that's FDIC insured. And off the top of my head, my savings direct is a good one, Ally Bank. I'm sure there's a million more, but I can't can't think of actual names. Word. Thank you. I'll do some research. Yeah, you're welcome. And if you want to um, ask me about any of them, I can tell you if I've heard of them or not. But as long as it's FDIC insured, you should be fine. Sick. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Lindsay, did you... You were asking... Oh, I think... Did you and Lincoln both say what your highest value possession was? Oh, um, mine is probably my Switch or my... um, We have a pretty big TV that I got from an old roommate. So either of those two. Yeah, I don't know. I I have an old laptop. Um, What else do I have? There's some things that I got like on deep discount, but which were, you know, originally expensive. Like what? Like fans, like designer clothes? Like shoes. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember the exact price. I think my suitcase that I bought to come home for Christmas was originally kind of expensive, but I got it on discount. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also have some like designer shoes that I got on, excuse me, on discount, but I don't know what the resale value would be. And honestly, I almost yeah. never wear my designer shoes because they're heels and it's just not practical. I feel like even to wear very beautiful heels, no one's inviting me to like lovely weddings or garden parties. <laughs> I like wear when yeah. I wear these like fantasy beautiful heels and it's not even like they're stilettos. They could have just like a regular, I don't know what you call a regular heel, but like a regular pump. And I still just have nowhere to wear these gorgeous heels, except ruining them on the streets of Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the older I get, the more practical I am. And I just wear my $44 rubber Birkenstocks. (laughs) Oh, well, it is what it is. Oh, well. It is what it is. Okay, let's get to the heart of it. What I wanted to talk about today (laughs) is I woke up really early this morning at 6.30 a.m. because I had this dream that led to me having a business idea, and I just couldn't go to sleep after that. So I had this business idea, and then I spent all morning thinking about it and reading how to start a business on the Small Business Association government website and doing market research about this business idea. Um, And since none of us are business owners and none of us have previously been entrepreneurs, though I know I at least am interested in that arena, I thought it would be funny for us as outsiders to kind of pick apart my business idea and ask questions about it. And you guys can tell me if you think it's viable or just point out any problems issues questions blah 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 that you see sure okay Okay, so here's the gist of it 
I was having this dream that I was buying shoes. (laughs) (laughs) And I woke up because I had to go to the bathroom. But I remember thinking, ooh, that that was a nice dream. I feel really comfortable buying shoes. (laughs) (laughs) So as I was kind of like pondering about my dream, um, and in my dream, I was buying these shoes don't exist, but I was buying like a steel toed mule, like a fashion mule with like a steel toe. And I think it had like tassels on it. And I was like, these shoes are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was also buying some other shoe that looked kind of like a, like a glove, but made out of like silicone. Yeah, right. (laughs) But in the dream, (laughs) they were like the hot shit shoe. Yeah. Anyway, so I wake up from the stream and I'm like pondering about it. And I'm remembering how I don't know how I got from A to B to C to D, but I just start thinking that there's this market gap in shoes because women with larger size feet, it's really difficult for them to to find shoes that fit and as I'm lying in bed I keep saying to myself when you wake up I need you to google size 13 women's shoe and I need you to google (laughs) in my mind I I wanted myself to google 11 Madison Park which is a famous restaurant, and I was getting it wrong. I actually wanted to Google 11 Honoré, which is like the fashion oh, yeah. website for plus sizes, because I wanted to see if they sold shoes. They don't. <laughs> and then <laughs> I wanted to Google steel-toed shoes, <laughs> because that was my dream, <laughs> to like see what they looked like or who had steel-toed shoes. But anyway, long story short, I just had this idea that there was a market gap for women finding larger size shoes and that it could be an opportunity to create like an online retail retailer selling both making and selling good quality designer women footwear targeting like core styles like a boot, a flat, a mule, a perfect pump, a walking shoe in sizes from 10 to 20 they would have like narrow and wide sizing so inclusive sizing and where comfort was really critical so in my mind it would be like designer large shoes like the away suitcase of large women's footwear what do you think Mm. (laughs) i'm intrigued um i know very little about this market but um, I also, I guess I can't think of many companies that sell sh- shoes for ladies with larger feet. Right. Well, I was doing market research this morning and looking up like top sellers of shoes uh-huh. for women with larger feet. And the top sellers are like Nordstrom or Zappos. And I looked at their shoes in larger sizes. And I thought, personally, I thought all of them were not very attractive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was like, Converse, I mean, God bless them. Great. 
con a con pair of Converse shoes is wonderful. Anyone would wear those, but like in terms of like dress shoes or shoes for work, they were all very ugly. And then I thought, like, what about like Long Tall Sally? Because I know that that is like a famous brand for tall people. And I mm -hmm. looked them up and they do have better shoe selection. But looking them up this morning, I also saw that they're going out of business. They're dissolving in August. Mm. Well, I'd be interested to know, like, how big is your target audience? Like, how many women have feet sizes from, like, 10 up? I'm not sure. I thought another area where I need to do market research is figuring out if there's a correlation between height and shoe size. Because I know our siblings, some of I them are those. over six feet, and they have larger shoe sizes and i think that there's u.s demographic data on women's height but not women's shoe size so if i could figure out the correlation i could probably estimate the percentage of the u.s population that has above a size maybe a size 10 or above foot because i i mean i'm a size 10 and i think that it's not hard for me to find shoes but i think yeah. 11 or up it's incredibly challenging you could also think about, I mean, you don't have to just focus on the women's market. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interest now in like unisex uh, designs, like, uh, like a Tom's or like a Converse. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more like, you know, you're talking about a boot or oh you mean just you know, like, like an a, see, a chelsea boot yeah a chelsea boot could be very you, you could go either way and i know a lot of men like fashionable men men who might be like inspired by a harry styles type of fit would see him wearing a chelsea boot and be like oh i'd love to wear a chelsea boot but there aren't that many fashionable options for men that's true. And I know women's and men's sizing are different, but if I had an inclusive expanded women's sizing, it could fit men's sizes right. more easily. I hadn't even considered that. That's incredibly interesting. Yeah. Oh, and then you, you can also cover like offerings for trans women too. That's what that's would be great. I need to think more about it, especially having different. I think one reason I was thinking about inclusive sizing. Two reasons. Um, one for Father's Day, we bought dad. We got him a new watch, which he wanted, but we also got him like a diabetic shoe, which he needed. And I remember in buying him the shoe, there were just so many sizes. Like it was difficult for me to pick the shoe because I didn't know these like minute measurements of dad's foot it was like size and width and there was like a third category of measurement oh yeah it's like height of your instep or whatever and I just didn't know but I thought to have such detailed sizing so helpful you know like third love which does the like every bra, bra size imaginable it just seems helpful to have a better fit with shoes as well, which could be helpful. But also I feel like um, I was listening to a podcast the other day where the guy, Damien, 
I can't remember his name. Maybe John's. But the guy who created FUBU was saying when he first started FUBU, I'm going to look up what his name is. When he first started FUBU, that Damon John, I was close. When he first started FUBU, he was making t-shirts and also like ski caps and things. But when he made the t-shirts, he made them in size in inclusive sizes like 3x and 4x and he said he wasn't realizing it at the time but what happened was if he had made sizes in straight sizes the people would have worn them like once or twice it was great and then not worn them again but in the sizes where it was harder for people to find clothing or like apparel in their size like the guys who were wearing these fubu 3x 4x t-shirts wore them like 11 times a month versus one time a month and I just thought that's incredible (laughs) that that just happened I mean great that he was finally making fashionable clothes for that demographic but at the same time I thought if you had larger size feet how difficult must it be for you to even find like a lovely stylish pump or like Chelsea boot or something and why shouldn't you look great going to your wedding or movie premiere or garden party or whatever like the rest of the country just for like special occasion yeah and I just feel like because there's no good option that I could easily google in the like small amount of time I put toward it this morning makes me think it's difficult to find so there might be a market yeah i mean nordstrom rack is kind of the only thing that i can think of yeah nordstrom is one of the best but even so they i don't think offer like on the floor higher than like a size a women's size 12 which is uh you know i'm sure there are people who would want those shoes with larger feet than that well yeah and if you're like a size 15 foot i was trying to figure out what size some people's feet were this morning um and i particularly was looking at leslie jones because i was thinking oh if i could have like any brand ambassador for a larger size shoe i would want it to be leslie jones so i googled like yeah. leslie jones shoe size and i came upon this website called WikiFeet, which seems to be like a foot fetishist website of celebrity feet uh. <laughs> It like lists their shoe sizes, and it's pro- I don't, I'm not even sure it's accurate. I guess it's just guesstimates, and then people are voting on how pretty these celebrity feet are. <laughs> and it was a bit horrifying, but it did tell me that Leslie Jones wears a size 12. And get this, it said that Phoebe Bridger wears a size 15. See, that's wait, that doesn't make any sense. I don't think she, no, she's too small. Yeah, I, that's what made me think that it was it could be suspect. But I thought if she did wear a size 15, I bet she could really benefit from a fashionable <laughs> large women's shoe you know what? brand. She, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, we got a deal for her. The other day where she talked about WikiFeet. <laughs> anyway, if so you're listening to this, don't, do not go to WikiFeet. <laughs> or do. Don't shame people. <laughs> 
or do i guess that's your thing whatever uh that just made me laugh (laughs) so i don't know i think it could potentially be an opportunity although um i started to think someone's crinkling is you eating a bag of potato chips lincoln uh no that's me sorry i was opening a piece of mail (laughs) (laughs) so i thought maybe one of the challenges i'm sure there are many is that i thought well why aren't other sizes doing more inclusive like shoe brands doing more inclusive sizing and i thought one reason might be that the potential for it to reduce profit margins because of its costing more in raw goods to produce a larger shoe it's possible that profit margins may be less because the cost of maybe that much of the shoe i don't know i'm just just trying to think of the challenges Hmm. maybe i can't see how it would cost that much more to make a size 14 women's shoe than a size 12 i think it just must be like they think there's not much of a market there but there has to be i feel like uh, americans are getting taller and if there's a correlation between height and shoe size well yeah i mean also i mean this discussion is relevant to like why there aren't more fashionable options for like plus size people too it's not like there's no market for it do you think it is biased Yes, that it is like I mean, I don't know small feet are attractive, and so oh, yeah. I mean, have you ever noticed? I had never noticed this before, but Sophie pointed it out that if you walk into like a store that has both regular and plus size options, the plus size options are always like shoved in the back or in the corner, like you don't see them (laughs) unless you because they don't want they don't want that like plus size customer to be their brand that's uh... That's horrible i never noticed that before but i did always notice um shopping with my friends that we were never the same size and we couldn't shop together like they would be in like loft petite and i would be like why am i even standing next to you right now (laughs) (laughs) petite what's that Well, you very rarely see companies use plus-size models to model their clothes as well. I think that's actually getting better, but it, there's still there's still a huge differential yeah. that needs to change. Hmm. So another challenge that I saw was um, that I think it would probably take a lot of starting capital to start a shoe brand because of first like designing and then figuring out manufacturing and working with like a manufacturing partner and then probably also working with like distribution partners or figuring out packaging and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, and related to that the um, other primary challenge is that I have no experience (laughs) In, uh, in shoe design or manufacturing I feel like the shoe design part, a lot of that comes down to, like, taste, though, right? Yes, well, I think I have impeccable taste. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's, like, half the battle. 
so many shoes you see are like just absolutely hideous especially for people with large feet yeah i wonder if i could um sketch a drawing i bet tessa could like make a little clay model for me (laughs) oh my gosh she's so cute she's so talented our niece tessa is one of the most talented have you seen her fashion please no i know she used to she was drawing at christmas the last time i saw her maybe two years ago but i haven't really seen any other of her art stuff i just remember when she was like a four-year-old she was shading Oh my gosh, when I was there for Thanksgiving, uh, she brought out these like full comics that she had written uh, and and sketched. And one of them was like about like a girl who goes to school and like has a crush on a boy and wants him to be her boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> it was like a, such the cutest anime style. Oh my it gosh. Was... I'll see if I can find, I think I took a picture of it. What are like the top art schools in our country? We got to start prepping Tessa to go to Parsons or something. Uh, Parsons for fashion design. What's the one that Megan applied to in DC? Like Fika or something? Oh, Institute of Contemporary Art. Yeah. I really don't know. She's, I guess that shows so my funny. my art education, but I think Tessa is incredibly talented. She's so cute. Well, those were my thoughts about starting a business. I think that I've always been an idea person and not a follow-through person, but I'm trying to be more of a follow-through person. And I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, so maybe I will... Uh, give this a try so if you're our friend or family member and you're listening um let us know (laughs) let us know what you think is this a dumb idea we are open to investments is this a dumb idea is this a good idea uh help us with some do you wear shoes do you have a friend loved one or family member who's a woman with a size 11 or, or higher foot let us know Well, I also feel like a really important thing with starting a business is to iterate. Like you have to burn through your shitty ideas quickly. And I have had dozens of shitty ideas (laughs) in my lifetime. And so if this is a good idea, I want to jump. And if it's a bad idea, then I want to iterate quickly to something that's better. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you guys like to hear some of my ideas? I don't know that they're necessarily shitty, but maybe they are. Yeah, I would love to hear your <laughs> shitty ideas. Um, one of them I had was um, a line of like silver safety jewelry. So like good looking silver jewelry that was like a rape whistle necklace or like a pepper spray necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I find it a little cynical. <laughs> Or what's the word? There's something that doesn't quite hit right about it, but maybe. maybe yes, I see that. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, you know, all those moms buying like emergency safety gear for their kids since mom used to always yeah. buy me like bike safety gear. I was like, that could be the perfect gift for their daughter going to college. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like a, a grass pepper spray necklace. <laughs> you see. Like a good graduation present, you get like a suitcase and like a beautiful rape whistle. <laughs> Enjoy college. <laughs> Don't look back. <laughs> Constant vigilance. <laughs> I mean that didn't go anywhere, but it was an idea. <laughs> it was. I thought of that around the same time that all the women were wearing like keys around their necks, like a mm. key necklace was like a statement, and I was like, why not a whistle? <laughs> <laughs> Double duty. I mean, it's not a terrible idea. I think the marketing would just be tricky because you don't want to be like, <laughs> but like, wait, like, wait. That- I just thought of a marketing. <laughs> You should buy our products. What about this marketing idea, though? What if it's like, what wouldn't you pay for protection? (laughs) Yikes. 24 karat gold pepper spray. Oh, God. You know what? I'm coming around on it. Not only do you want, want a pepper spray ring. your purse. I want like a signet ring that you could just flip open and be like, you could like trigger it. Or it's like a signet ring that's hiding a spike and you use it to spike your attacker's eyeballs. See that you could sell. The spike like somehow pops out like it's like two pronged and the spikes yeah. were hidden in your bald fist and then they pop out. I'm on board. Okay. I'm ready to bring my marketing expertise. And then we could, like, the secondary market, there would be, like, a straight-to-consumer market, and then there would be a secondary wholesale market where we would sell to, like, spy organizations, (laughs) like, gadgets, weaponry, jewelry gadgets for spy organizations. I love this. Okay, here are my other ideas. Another business idea I had was a consulting company for nonprofits or for charities that helps improve the transparency of donor dollars so that when you donated to a charity, you could see exactly where your $30 ended up. That would be cool. I've always been um, curious about how exactly my money's being spent. I think actually that what I realized is that while that would be lovely be difficult to implement. Well, it almost certainly would never work because a lot of the charity donations go to overhead, which is not yeah. sexy because there's one charity that does tell you where your dollar goes. It's a water organization. I can't remember what it's called. But I know it has just been so challenging for them because no one wants their $50 to go to pay the salary of the managing director, even though that's like vital and critical for the charity to be able to function, you know? Yeah. Everyone wants their $50 to be like water given to village in X country. Mm-hmm. Silly. But I thought some kind of consulting company that helped improve transparency. Uh, maybe if not in nonprofits, like in corporations, it would be awesome to have a consulting company within corporations 
that helped improve transparency so that culture and employee situations improve. Like I would love salary transparency in all companies, but I feel like that also would have a huge barrier to entry because the companies themselves would not want that. (laughs) Yeah. They would not want their salaries to be transparent because Angela would be very mad that Brad is making a lot more than her doing the same job. But in the long run, it would be better because transparency of salary would help them to retain um, diverse talent, which they struggle to do now. True. So that was another idea. And then another idea that I had for a business was since I'm having business ideas. Oh, I think about this a lot because I'm an idea person, but not an action person. (laughs) So another idea I had was this idea website where people could upvote or downvote ideas. And it would be like a market research, uh, I don't know, like app or what do they call like startups, like Accelerator, where you could just kind of very quickly figure Mm -hmm. out if your idea is good or if it's stupid by upvoting Mm -hmm. or downvoting, kind of like what Hot or Not was in that awful college space. I don't even know if that's still around, but you know what that is, right? Sort of. What is that? Just about people? Yeah, it was like a voting website. I don't think it exists anymore where people would upload pictures of celebrities or maybe co-eds and people would vote. It sounds like Tinder, but public. Yeah, public, and people would vote hot or not. But I thought it would be funny if, like, this idea website or app you could both upvote or downvote but you could also leave comments but the comments wouldn't allow like obscenity words or sex words so it would be like if people wanted to leave nasty comments it would be like mother freaking dirt bag you know it would be like (laughs) you would have to get creative to leave nasty troll comments I think that's a cool idea, but I would be worried to put stuff on the site because I wouldn't want anyone to like steal my idea after yeah. I saw it got upvoted a million times. Well, I just feel like if it was successful, you could offer like top 10 ideas for free. Anyone could see them. Top bottom ideas for free. Like anybody could see them, but to get all that like good data in the middle, maybe people would have to pay like a minute like some small like subscription fee and if it were actually really good people might pay and not just corporate ideas but like government ideas as well like how do we make government more efficient yeah but i think the challenge is that i honestly don't know if people would log on to a website or an app and want to upload or download ideas i would be afraid of bots too like bots that you could program to just upvote or download. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Which could mm-hmm. skew all the data unless you could identify. Mm-hmm. So whoever the voters are, like I would want to, I would want some background on them. Um, like maybe you have to make to, sure that they're credible. You have to do some kind of captcha in order mm-hmm. to be able to vote. Um, 
I think you had a valid point about not wanting your to people to take your ideas, but in my experience, I feel like you should always just give your best ideas away. If you pause, the idea gets stale, or maybe it wasn't as good an idea as you thought. And I find that like the ideas that I think are the best are not the best ideas. Like it will take you like five ideas to get a really good idea. And that even if 50 people have the exact same good idea, most likely only one of them or maybe two will act on the idea. So in the end, it's less about the idea and more about the implementation of the idea. So if like an idea generator website helped you know, X amount of people spark something to start their business. Great. That's so helpful for the economy. That's so helpful for people kind of struggling. Okay. Anyway, those were like the ideas I've had in the last couple of years. Mm, good ideas. None of my, yeah. I never have business ideas. I have, like, story ideas. Well, you want I think I have had one before, but I I don't know. I don't think about um, starting my own business very often. Oh, well, I think about starting my own business constantly. But I think it's because I deeply, deeply want to work for myself. <laughs> I mean, I like my job. It's nice. But at the end of the day, I think my value is more than my um, corporate entity is paying me. And I'd like to work for myself. No, that's totally fair, too. So, well, before we go, Lindsay, do you want to share any of your uh, story ideas with the wide, wide universe of our 15 listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. I don't want them to steal them. Well, I think that's good. I think it's good to always be thinking and creating in whatever way we do that. Oh, actually, one, I was sure I had had a business idea before. um, So I was like scrolling through my notes app to see if I could find it. Um, This is a business idea I had for when I was, um, I was like really ticked and I don't know how this would work at all or (laughs) how you could get past like legal hurdles, but I was thinking it would be cool to have like a warehouse you could go to where you could just like break stuff. Oh yeah. Like like, you have a bat, and you want to get some, like, anger out, and you just go to this warehouse full of, like, vases, and you just beat the shit out of all of them. That sounds great. Yeah. Oh, I don't... You sign a waiver, and then you get some aggression out, and then you feel way better, and then you leave. I feel like that's not the worst idea. A lot of people would want to do that. Yeah. Also, it's probably like... helpful dually. Like... I know, like, some junkyards, they got to, like, crush the cars. So it probably Mm. is helpful to just, like, begin the process. (laughs) I would love, like, a warehouse full of old furniture and, like, mirrors or things that you can just go in, you pick a bat or whatever, 
and then you like put on some like uh one of those like face shields and maybe uh I don't know some kind of vest could, and then you go you at it. You could probably partner with one eight hundred junk, like if you paid them some amount of money for them to dump their junk with you instead of at a dump where they actually have to pay to dump. This is an unfortunate part of the podcast where I exclaim that I can hear peeing or pouring in the background, only come to find out that Lincoln has forgotten to mute and pees during recording. I'm not kidding. Lincoln, are you forgetting you're on the podcast? <laughs> I forgot to hit pause. <laughs> Was that your peeing on the podcast? I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. (laughs) 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 Maybe you did that. (laughs) I I didn't even think about it. I just knew I had to go. (laughs) You're opening your mail. (laughs) You're taking a piss. This is like the real, real. Yeah. Wait, did you see that Zoom well, that went viral where the girl, the the lady peed <laughs> on the Zoom, <laughs> the Zoom meeting? Uh, no, I have she, seen Jennifer, that. Jennifer, poor Jennifer. It's called poor Jennifer. She's on a work video Zoom where everyone's seeing her coworkers' faces. She forgets she's on video, and she goes to the bathroom, pulls down her pants, and pees in front of her entire work team. You know, I'll be honest. I'll, I'd rather pee on the podcast than pee on Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, on Zoom video, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, Lincoln. Or should we call you PP brother? PP <laughs> <laughs> bro. PP bro. Um, our family actually has a long history of like PP poo poo humor. <laughs> more so than anyone else i don't know i don't know i I just feel like uh which one what specifically well i just feel like refined humor is like a thing unto itself but like crass humor is the low-hanging fruit and i feel like we leaned in well yeah one of the funniest things i remember from not childhood, but like teenagerhood was being in a hotel and I can't remember why, but Lauren and I writing poo poo pee pee on the hotel pad on the nightstand <laughs> and just like dying laughing about it, like laughing for an hour about it and how we were going to leave it on the nightstand. And I think that joke stands. I think that joke has legs. It does. Absolutely. That joke has legs. Well, anyway, getting back to it, uh, Lincoln, I do think there is some kind of junk partnership if you wanted yeah. to start a business getting junk to smash, but you would have to consider that you would then have to get rid of all of that cleanup junk. And there mm-hmm. also could be liability if anyone gets injured in the smashing. Oh, I was thinking they'd have to sign some sort of form oh, saying yeah. we don't care if we get like caught or something. We just want to break stuff. Um, and I know there, I don't think there's any kind of chain or expansive business related to this, 
But I know that it has been done before because I saw this happen on Becca's season of The Bachelor, <laughs> where for one of her dates, they just smash it in like a warehouse. Hmm. Well, The Bachelor stole my idea. <laughs> no, it's a good idea. One episode. Well, um, on that junk and PP note, I guess it's... (laughs) Can't cut it out because if you cut it out, then they won't know while we're talking about PP. No, I'm going to cut it out. I'll just let our viewers know what's happening. I don't think anyone wants to be graced with the sound of Lincoln's tinkling. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it's too much. There's a very visible mute button when you're on Zoom, but that is not... The mute button doesn't make itself present on um, the platform we're using. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good note for the platform. That's a good note for Anchor. Visible mute button while recording. Well, anyway, I love you guys. Have a good week. Yeah. Love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Love Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Smell you later.